You're listening to. And what is poppin', everybody? You are listening to the Good Pop Culture Club, episode 143. Um, my name is Marvin Yue, and joining me to talk about all the good pop that gets us through our days, we have the once in future self proclaimed professional Asian American Jess Jew. Hey, Marvin. What up, Jess? Oh, it's. It's raining and everything in my house is collapsing. So not great, but I'm what? here. Yeah, like they were. So we got the roof fixed. Fix. I'm using air quotes here. And that somehow caused two additional leaks to spring up. The original place is no longer oh, no. leaking, but now two other leaks. So that's great. So dealing with that, can't really do anything about it until it stops raining, which hopefully is this week. Um, and yeah, everything's very wet. So are you getting professional roof people to come back or are you still relying on on Daddy Jude? No, no, we had professional roofers come out. I mean, good thing I'm renting. None of this is coming out of my pocket. But like it is a, like everything is in like there's no place to put the big furniture to avoid like I I move things around to avoid the original leak. And now with these two other leaks, I'm like, I can't, I don't got anywhere to move them, move my furniture. So, you know, luckily right now the buckets and the tarp and the towel oh, no. seem to be holding it off. But yeah, Eesh. not pleasant. Jeez. I hope your roofs are okay. Yeah, no holes in my roof. Um, when Han and I went over to Jess's place to watch Daughter uh, a week ago. Um, we noticed that all of her wall art has had been moved, and she was like, "Oh, we have a leak in the roof." And then these past few days, we had our winter storm here in LA, and I was like, "Oh, Jess, are you okay? Is your house underwater?" It should have been fine. So the original big gaping hole is fine. Um, and you know, we were just making sure that the roof in that area was good, and there's no water coming through before we sealed it from the inside, fixed the interior. But now two additional leak, or maybe it's like one leak that is like causing damage at two spots. I don't even know. Like one of them is leaking in my bedroom, which doesn't even connect to the roof. Like the ceiling of my bedroom is not the roof because we're like in a multi-story condo situation thing. And I'm like, how is this leaking? This isn't even the roof. (laughs) So I ask not questions I do not know the answer to. I'm just gonna, you know, clean the carry on with the buckets until everything rains and then landlord well, landlord dad landlord property manager dad has to figure it out <laughs> well i hope you the best of luck only one more day of one rain more. left i think and then it's you only have a whole one more week. night of rain and then you have a whole week before the next uh rain comes so wait there's gonna just keep raining apparently there's gonna be rain <gasps> no i can't <laughs> no it's Really sad because, like, I think we've talked about how, yeah, the infrastructure, L.A. infrastructure can't handle rain. But it's you're not alone. I don't know how many friends and their family have dealt with, like, caved in roofs or just like they've been getting part of their rent back because they literally can't live in certain uh, rooms in their apartment. And then, like, the gym I go to, the first time I noticed that... uh the ceiling was leaking they're like oh yeah we know and i'm just like that's it you're just gonna throw down some towels like it, it could collapse because it's on the second floor <laughs> yeah, so every time i it, mean yeah i wonder I mean, because you, i wonder how that's gonna work because like 
There's no, we don't do flood insurance out here in California. We do earthquake insurance, but not flood insurance. That's more of an East right. Coast and then like Midwest. Thing, right. right? It, maybe renter's insurance because that was the other thing. It's like I was talking to my friends and I was like, does your mom need new furniture? Does she need help? Because like, yeah, there's, it's, it's kind of dire for a lot of people. And of course, they're the people who lost power, too. So, um, yes, because we transformers were lucky exploding. this time didn't lose power. I had lost power for 48 hours last time. And then no, um, we did lose internet for a hot minute, but it's just, it's, we usually don't have to prepare for these things. Um, it sounds very privileged, but California, you know, is known for mild weather. So, and, and, and I do think, you know, even getting a roofer out is really hard because they're so busy because everyone's roof. And I, and we're, I know I'm not even the worst of it. I'd fr- I've saw my friend's like Instagram story, his whole apartment like 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 caved in. I'm like, okay, so very lucky, still livable. It's just like a pain in the ass to like... And then again, like because it keeps raining, it's really hard to just get that fixed in time or like get that fixed before the next rain. And, and I know we need it, but... <laughs> I mean, I read that we're not even capturing all the rainwater because we're we're not not even capturing. I know, I know. The mountains are really pretty and the air quality is really good, but I just want my roof to not have a (laughs) hole in it. Huh. Also joining us, professional culture editor Han Win. Hey, Han. How are you weathering through this winter storm? Uh. Just going to say, I know I'm remarkably lucky and leave it at that because <laughs> I don't want to ruin, like, I don't want to jinx anything. I don't want to ruin anything. But yeah, most of the problems that everyone has been having, I have not had. So, uh, which is good because also I was worried about my work yeah. if I lost internet or power or any of those things. So. You know, whenever it rains as much, you get all the smug, like, East Coasters making fun of us in, like, SoCal for, like, not knowing how to drive or whatever. But on the other hand, I was in D.C. when there was an earthquake there. And, man, everyone freaked out. No one knew how oh, to handle the, it. Oh, the so. great D.C. earthquake of, like, 2016 or something where, like, a chair tipped or like a chair tipped over. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the Washington Monument got damaged, actually. And funny story. So I was in D.C. for grad school. I was going to University of Maryland, and we were doing a ropes course for, like, orientation. Mm. And the earthquake occurred when I was climbing the ropes course <laughs> tower. So I thought some asshole was just jumping up and down top of the tower while I was climbing up. Whereas everyone around me was like freaking out because they had no idea why everything was shaking. And I was just like, climbing up a tower. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I come from Houston. We know how to drive in in rain. We just don't know how to drive in ice. And that's (laughs) the other thing about what's been going on here is just go north enough and there has been hail and snow. Um, I haven't experienced it, but yeah, it's just an unusual, this is, you know, the climate change coming on. So yeah, yeah. this is our future. Yeah. I mean, driving in snow is like, (laughs) yeah, because, you know, we've all, as we've learned from watching Megan, Californians don't know how to drive (laughs) in snow because our wheels aren't built to drive in snow. That's why we need chains. Um, God, did you guys see that there's an unrated Megan on HBO Max right now? Oh, it's unrated? Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll oh, put it on in the background. Okay. It's on Peacock, I think. It's a Peacock HBO Max. It's it's Peacock, I think, because it's universal. Right, yeah. We should probably check it out to see Megan the way it was <laughs> meant to be seen. Right. None of this just <laughs> rated our stuff. <laughs> huh. Speaking of murder dolls, this week we're talking about murder bears. Um, Han, Jess, and I went to go watch the new, um, it's not even horror, right? It's like 
creature it's comedy feature. horror yeah it's um horror. cocaine bear which was yeah it, it was <laughs> it was definitely a film that featured a bear <laughs> on cocaine as <laughs> yeah. advertised uh, so super excited to talk about that film with you both but before we get to that let's find out what other pop culture has been getting us through this week uh let's start with jess what is popping okay so I haven't been able to, I've been just doing like maintenance watching things we've talked about. So, you know, weekly releases of um, Poker Face and my beloved Great Pottery Throwdown and another very uh, milestone week for a long running series this time, uh, this past week was the final episode of Grey's Anatomy that features, sorry, caveat, that features Ellen Pompeo's Meredith Grey at its as its main character. Wow. This is episode this is season 19. <laughs> this is the middle of season 19. I believe this is episode like 7. Hold on, let me double check this. It's been 19 season aka 19 years, guys. I started watching this show in middle school. <laughs> this show has run longer than an actual undergrad medical school residency years combined. Um, you know, I like to say I've been through 19 years of grads of, of med school because of the show. Um, and it's, it's, it was a little, you know, calmer than anticipated. Some of these send off episodes are really, you know, Grey's Anatomy is kind of known for having insane deaths, character deaths. They, they put like their character through a plane crash Winter storm, hospital shooting. Um, oh, that those episodes are so fucking stressful. I'm just like mm-hmm. getting hives thinking about them. And and they're definitely leaving the door open for Ellen Pompeo to come back. I believe she wanted to take a break also to do uh some other work because you know, being the lead of the show would require a lot of time. They this is one of the rare shows that still produce like 23, 20, 23 episodes per season, like the old sitcom or the old network style. And what's also interesting, and and it was, yeah, they definitely left the door open. I definitely see, expect her to come back. Apparently the plans are for her to still narrate things. But I do like the kind of thematic consistency of Meredith and her arc and her growth and her choosing herself and her family and what she needs you know as a woman as a mother over kind of this perceived happily ever after uh because as we know in Grey's Anatomy everyone fucks each other breaks up and then fucks each other again um and I will say this is also the first season that promotes a bunch of the reoccurring or guest characters to series regulars that includes Midori Francis from the Christmas series Shit, what is it called? Uh, whatever the infinite playlist. Hold on, not infinite playlist. Not infinite playlist. The Christmas movie. It had two she, names. Sorry, yes, uh, that one Christmas movie like three years ago. It's a series. Uh, Dash and Lily. Dash and Lily. Yes. So, so Midori Francis from Dash and Lily is one of the new surgical residents uh, or surgical interns. Sorry. Um, so the babies that you know Meredith and her cohort started off with Harry Shum Jr. Uh, and some other folks, including someone who's playing Gr- Derek's nephew so technically Derek and Meredith's nephew and you know I 
you after watching for 19 years, you kind of get used to the fact that there's just going to be like new characters and then some of them are going to leave or die. Um, I do really like this little cohort of interns. I think it's the strongest group of characters they've introduced because so many of the original have left. Um, they're really fun. Midori Francis' character is giving us kind of like hot mess badass um and then harry shum is kind of like the older intern who is like a vet and like is like the star pupil kind of kiss ass so it's fun i will continue to watch as many episodes of Grey's anatomy as they produce uh i don't really know if you get, it's kind of ship of the csc like if all the greys leave is this still Grey's anatomy <laughs> But I think, yes, at this point, I think people forget that Grey's Anatomy is literally about Meredith Grey and her anatomy, a.k.a. her vag, a.k.a. her sex life. (laughs) And now it is known as the long-running 19-season, multiple spinoff, crazy uh, drama, soap soap opera-y medical show that we all love. Yeah. I guess we'll have to see if people still tune in now that uh, Ellen Pompeo has left the show. Well, more than Ellen Pompeo, Krista Vernoff, the longtime showrunner, is also leaving. So I do wonder how the tonally the show or just how the show will go. But it's also like it's 19 seasons in, man. It's yeah, there is some momentum, right? Like a long running soap opera. And while I don't personally have any plans to watch any Grey's Anatomy, I do appreciate that we finally have like the successors to Sandra O's um, characters. Yeah, um, go for them. Do you know how much money you make doing a show like Grey's Anatomy, which will be syndicated on network? Like, you go. You make that money. <laughs> and and that is why of the original cast, you know, the two left are, <laughs> there were like Twitter jokes about the two left is um, Chief Miranda Bailey and uh, the Chief, oh. Richard Weber, mm-hmm. um, who are both, you know, black actors. And I'm just like, yeah, they you're going to leave this check? Hell no. <laughs> Right. Yeah. This is accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're in, you're out, you know your character, you say some lines, and you'll make probably like, you know, you're making six figures an episode at this point. Not a bad gig, especially. Not a bad because gig. Because the, the landscape out there is still pretty dire, all things considered. So, you know, good on everyone who gets a chance to be on like a long running show with stability. You've never watched any Grey's Anatomy, no, not even the I early seasons. I was a Scrubs person, and Scrubs you need to. But, but this is why we have Sandra. Oh, she's fantastic in this show. You you need yeah. to watch some of them. You need to watch like the early seasons at least. The like first three seasons, I have are to say fantastic. Are just, yeah. yeah. Or I can keep watching <laughs> Poker Face and be happy. <laughs> Poker Face has so much murder. I would just say, <laughs> hey, why not both? But you just said Grace Anatomy also has tons of weird and it does have deaths. tons of death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty gr- uh, grisly deaths. I would say Poker Face is like child's play compared to. Well, I'm sure Grace we've Man. had some. There's definitely has been at least one bear attack, if not multiple bear attacks, in the run of Grace Anatomy. I did a whole rewatch from episode one with my mother during oh, shit. COVID <laughs> because she like was uh, furloughed and had nothing to do. I was like, all right, I know what to do. Here you go. Here's at that point there was only 17 seasons. That's we were on episode lot. season 17. I was like, here's 16 complete seasons, and then I'm gonna have you watch private practice, and then you can start station 19. <laughs> and she watched all of it, and she was it was wild watching her her journey in the con- you know something that 
I consumed over 17, 18 years. She watched in like three months. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Would highly actually recommend. <laughs> I mean, if I were to watch a Shondaland thing this year, it would probably be Andrew Ahn's Bridgerton coming up soon, right? It's coming out soon. Um, the Colin Penelope season? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I assume so. It's hard to say because I think we're getting the Queen prequel first, the Queen Charlotte thing first, Mm. so that they could buy time. I mean, I would love to say we get a Bridgerton every Christmas, but the second season already like (laughs) went over (laughs) that, you know. So, yeah, I I really wouldn't hold my breath. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Han, what's popping with you? All right, I won't go into too many details because we will eventually cover this, I think, this month. But I do want to give you a preview so you can start watching it. Um, But I started watching The Company You Keep. It is an ABC drama. And by drama, I just mean it's not a half-hour comedy because it's not very heavy. Um, It's a drama that is inspired by, based upon, a Korean drama called My Fellow Citizens. You can watch that one on Viki. Um, but this American version is pretty cool because it stars my favorite, Milo Ventimiglia, uh, a.k.a. formerly Jack from This Is Us, formerly Jess from uh, Gilmore Girls, uh, and Catherine, Catherine Haina Kim. And um, it's in some ways kind of similar to like Out of Sight. Like there's a lot of sexiness going on here. Um Basically, Milo Ventimiglia's character, he's part of a family of, uh, his name is Charlie, and he's part of a con man family, <laughs> a crime family. And then Catherine Haina Kim plays Emma Hill, and she's undercover CIA. Uh-oh. And so <laughs> uh-huh. the very the very beginning is both of them have, in some ways, their heart broken, and they're feeling betrayed, and they both meet up at a at a bar and just are sitting next to each other and they're both like jaded, like love is a scam. Everyone lies. And they're like, yeah, so we should just start out like lying to each other. So they just have fun lying to each other. And they're like, tell me something true. And he's like, I'm a con man. I'm a criminal. And she's like, well, I'm CIA. And they both laugh. Um, So anyway, from there, it kind of, you, you get what the tension is. Um, They have good chemistry because even when they're not sexing things up, they're doing other fun things that make them very likable. Um, what's interesting is uh, Emma's family is an upwardly, you know, like a very high achieving Asian family that's loosely based on, um, I forgot his name, but uh, one of the first Asian American, I think, governor, senators. <laughs> I have to look that up. But anyway, um, so and uh, James Saito plays her dad. Oh, hi. Yeah, and Tim Chu plays her brother. Oh, um, hello. Love a good so, Tim Chu casting. Yeah, but also I didn't even know what his name was, but like the guy that she was her ex was hot. So I was just like, <laughs> oh, I, I'm just happy to see this like parade of like um, fun Asian faces doing different things. Um, I am assuming that the crimes are all going to be interesting. Like I, I literally cannot tell you what the crime was in the first episode because it didn't matter to me. So it's one of those types of shows. Um, it's not super, like I said, it's not super heavy, but I imagine it might get like more intense while we go along. But um, yeah, so I'm enjoying it so far. It's on ABC on su- Sunday nights, but you can watch it on Hulu next day. So you can start streaming it right now. 
So is this more Mr. and Mrs. Smith or more Infernal Affairs or like a mix of both? I, I would probably say just because there's not that intensity, maybe a little bit more Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, I More of outer, out of sight, I feel like, you mm. know, the uh, Clooney J-Lo um, mm-hmm. sort of like, yeah, thing. But um, Cat and Mouse. Yeah, a little bit. and But the thing is, I don't think they know each like it's early early days with them so they don't actually know that the other person might be un- untrustworthy um they're just happy like getting to know each other and realizing that maybe i've come to a point in my life that i need to think about like what my family means to me and stuff like that so <laughs> they're uh, i'm just looking up at this cast they're all very hot like Sachin <laughs> bot is in this he's also very hot that he's he's an indian american actor Oh, I I don't know if I've seen him yet. I okay, uh, this, yeah, the second episode. He might not be, uh, but, but just just be be ready. It's a it's a good time, everybody. Yeah. You know, it, and it's executive produced by John M. Chu. So, you know, I love this for you because Han, this is like the perfect intersection of all your 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 vibes, right? You got crime, you got hot people, and you got K drama all in one. Yeah, and 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 something you don't know about me, but Milo Ventimiglia does it for me. Um, <laughs> Same. I do love that you mentioned all of his, um, like you mentioned like Gilmore Girls and uh, and This Is Us. Where I'm like, no, he's the guy from Heroes. That's where I know him from. Yes, he's no, also no, he's Peter Jess. He's also Peter Petrelli. <laughs> Let's um, be real, he is Jess from Gilmore Girls. He is Jess forevermore with with that stupid jacket. Um, oh. I I will tell you, I will tell you this story. Um, one of the extra reasons why I love him, but he saved my life. Oh, <laughs> like literally, sort of. Um, so I was an intern at the Carsey Werner Company, and this is in Studio City. It's on the Radford lot, and I was, of course, doing way too much, and I was pushing a dolly with a uh, huge file boxes piled high and <laughs> uh, down an incline. <laughs> And it sort of ran away from me and was like barreling down on me or something. Oh, no. And he was in one of the annex sort of like rooms waiting outside to, I guess, read for some part. And he ran over and stopped it. Wow. And I was just like, <gasps> a my true heart. Real life He's hero. your hero. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. This is even wow. pre-heroes. Yes. So like even if, if Gilmore Girls didn't do it for me, I would have been like, holy crap, dude. Um yeah, so I will always love him, and um, so far I, I'm enjoying him in the show too. Yeah, so remember when I said I never watched Grey's Anatomy? I've also never seen a Gilmore Girl. Oh, I feel you know, like it's uh, it's not aged well, and it's really of its time and place. But like, has has your wife watched Gilmore Girls? I feel like it's a very formative. It's a very <laughs> formative text for women of a certain age. Yes. Yes. Like like kind of gen- zillennials to like like millennials. Yeah, my wife is a Gilmore Girls super fan. Like when the first time she met Keiko Gaina at like a oh. community event that we went to, she was she was fangirling for sure. Yeah, I I think it's also important to just sort of like the TV landscape of knowing what that is, like what an Amy Sherman Palladino type is, um, because you can see the DNA of it in the marvelous M- Mrs. Maisel and the. Uh, very short-lived bunheads. Oh, um, I love bunheads. I'm right? very sad. But um, yeah, so, and I think it did give the start to so many actors that wouldn't have really, I mean, some people like Lauren Graham was working elsewhere, but this was her big role. Yeah. You know, no one remembers but, townies. 
I um, do think that like if your lobe is fully formed and you try to start Gilmore Girls though, you're like, this is so like it's like, bad. None of, these people are dumb and they don't know how to like communicate. They problems. all they all talk the same way too. They're all toxic and yeah. <laughs> I mean, also a a hallmark of Amy Sherman Palladino shows is a lot of fat phobia. Like a uh, lot. Also, a lot. racism against Asians. Um, like mm-hmm. yes, yes, Keiko Ogeno was in there, but she was the only Asian along with her mom, and just it was not great. But also, and she didn't give her Adam Brody. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> still mad. I, sorry, I think he went sorry, off to the OC. I think yeah. he went to. Oh the my OC. god, we are. We're, sorry, this is we're tangent, Marvin. We're just yeah. saying it's very important, <laughs> and you should watch both of these to understand the women in your life. Anyway, so Jess, Jess is great. <laughs> the character. Jess, not, Jess, I mean, I'm great too, but Jess from Gilmore Girls. Oh, AKA yeah. My love and Tigamia. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame him for the bad dialogue that she gave him. Anyway, so yeah. that's me. What's popping with you, Marvin? Uh, so I went to go watch The Lion King musical this past weekend. Ooh, how fun. It's been on my mother-in-law's bucket list for the longest time. So we, we bought matinee tickets for the Sunday showing like months and months ago. And, you know, we were lucky Sunday was a rain-free day. It was a beautiful, clear day. You can actually see the mountains in L.A. There's no smog in the air. And we headed over to the Pandages to watch The Lion King. And it was definitely Lion King. <laughs> um, oh, do you not like it? I, I love it. The Lion King. I, I should, like I The Lion go- King. I I don't know what I was expecting. Like, it's a long-running um, musical originally created by was it J- Julie Taymor, right? She was the one. Yes. Before. Um and, you know, I've seen commercials for it for the longest time, right? It's known for their elaborate costumes and, um, you know, one of the few shows that features a mostly black and brown cast. And, yes. you know, all that stuff was great. And the, the costumes are definitely really amazing. The performances are really amazing. I don't know. I kind of expected a little more from, like, a Disney production in terms of, like, stage design. It kind of... I think because The Lion King was a film that I watched many, many, many times as a child, because I was already familiar with the the story, it kind of just felt like I was watching a definitely a high quality production of like a show that could have been one of those stage shows at Disneyland, you know? Oh. Are you not into puppetry? Because the I main am. draw of the of the show is the puppets. Yeah, and th- again, all of the costuming and the the puppetry was, it was really cool. Um, it's just there were multiple numbers where it was like a solo number with only one person's on stage, and there's nothing else on stage. And like I gotta say, I was kind of, kind of dozing off. Oh, <laughs> Marvin, that's the point of theater to watch people perform. Okay. Another thing that uh, another thing I probably these are all hot takes I do not agree with. Another thing that I probably contributed to my experience is okay. So you guys know I'm pretty tall. I'm a six foot tall yes. Chinese guy. Yes. Um. Usually, when I sit in front of someone, they're having a bad time. Oh yeah. But I was sitting behind a very tall person. Oof. Someone taller than you. Well, someone who you know how like even if you're tall, as you start watching, kind of slouch down a little in the seat. Um, yeah. This guy did not slouch at all he kept straight up he sat straight up the entire time and he had big hair so Mm. i had to spend the entire musical slouched over to see the stage in between him and his partner yeah no sympathy because that's what you inflict on other (laughs) this is karma 
I, I do have to say the Pantages could have better seating. I think we're mm-hmm. spoiled with going to these amazing like theaters, movie like um, theaters. movie theaters. And yeah, if I go to an older theater, like a classic theater, um, such as El Capitan, I have to be careful about where I sit because <laughs> I short, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> so um, most of the time I am not going to be able to see. So sometimes I'll sit on the aisle so I can look around people just in case. Um, but yeah, it's th- that is Pantages is fun. But honestly, no, now knowing that maybe I won't go like I, I I've missed going to the Pantages for a while. But if I can't visually see the spectacle, <laughs> that's kind of like ruins it for me. Yeah, that's not to say it wasn't a bad show. I really enjoyed it. I guess I think I built it up so much in my head that this is like going to be like an extravaganza of Disney awesomeness that I will say the show was debut or premiered in 1997 so it is probably a little aged in terms of its tech and then i also think that disney park shows are both really good like they spend a lot of money especially like remember aladdin yeah aladdin is fantastic aladdin because they don't have to move it like that theater the and it was like like the the stage work in Aladdin is amazing because you don't have to move. This is like a touring production, right? The the Lion King. Yeah, but and th- there's just been a general. I think there's also a general movement now towards like lighter, in terms of like lighter shows. Like because again, because it is a touring show and it's expensive. Like the more spectacle parts you have, like you have to like spend more money and like bitches do not want to spend more money. Like I've seen the frozen show and it's just literally fucking projections on a wall. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. And this isn't fun. Yeah. And part of that is also the Disney thing of, this is such a beloved like IP, I guess um, that it feels like they don't have the license to um, like put their own spin on it because most of the actors were doing like, the person playing Star was doing his best Jeremy Irons impression. The person playing Timon is doing his best um, um, Nathan, Nathan Lane impression. Um, I will say the most amusing part of the set that I went to was during the climactic scene where Scar pushes Mufasa out into the wildebeests. Mm-hmm. A child asks, what happened? Damn, <laughs> we really have no, no oh. literacy anymore, do we? Oh. Are kids this dumb now? Oh. Have they never seen The Lion King? I, I, I mean, I think it's a combination of kids not having literacy and also, like, I don't know if these parents have ever discussed death with them before. How mm. old was the kid? Probably, like, three or four. Like, oh, Okay, young. that's pretty young. Yeah, that's pretty young. Hmm. <laughs> Gotta love the theater, eh? <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. Not to say I didn't have a good time. Like, no, The Lion King has good music, has good, a pretty solid story, right? Pretty solid, like, Hamlet-adjacent story. But um, better because it's lions and not whiny Danish princes. <laughs> <laughs> though, uh, though Simba Simba does almost cross that line for yes, me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Khan, if, you, if you're still interested, I would definitely check it out because I think it's something that's worth seeing. Uh, my other thing is... I feel like I've seen Lion King several times in various iterations. So I wonder if I want to sit through the story again. Yeah. Um, So like, for example, I wish I was able to see it, but it was during press tour. But I wanted to go see Mean Girls because I was like, oh, I don't think I've seen that movie, you know, like for decades. Um, And there are probably things I forgot. You know, and also, uh, you know, I 
I'm sure there's like different things going on with it. Whereas I do believe Lion King, the story is pretty intact. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so the numbers in the first half are all like the more higher energy numbers, right? I just, I can't wait to be King circle of life. And there's lots of stuff going on on stage, but you know, the, the, the songs in the latter half are usually slower and more um, Mm -hmm. introspective. Uh, And because they were slower songs, they didn't feature as much, you know, choreography on stage. It's like you're, you're watching. Yeah, and that's that's actually more of a Disney movie problem, like a Disney animated movie problem. Because if you, this were written to be a true musical, you would have a bigger number in the latter mm-hmm. half. Yeah. But if you've noticed in all the Disney movies, especially during the Renaissance period, like in that 90s period, yeah. they kind of drop the musical part about halfway through. Definitely by the climax, there's barely any music. There might be a reprise, but like, you know, it's very front heavy with music. And then they kind of have to get through the story beats. Um, yeah. So so that's also like a adaptation <laughs> thing, I think. Yeah. And so the latter half actually had a lot more of their original songs, which, to be honest, weren't as strong as the songs from the film. But, um, you know. It was a fun watch. Um, Lion King is still Lion King. Disney magic is still there. Um, I guess for me personally, I just expected a little bit more. But uh, you know what did deliver exactly what it promised <laughs> is the film that we watched this week, Cocaine Bear, uh, which we will discuss after the break. Uh, stick around. Hey, Sharon. Hey, Remen. How are folks still racist? I know, right? We're like two decades into the 21st century. Yeah. And second question, where's my jetpack? Well, I can't help you there, but have I got a podcast for you. Modern Minorities is a show where each week, my longtime pal Remen and I uncover common and uncommon truths that we all need to hear for our majority brains and ears. Yeah. Sharon and I have spoken to doctors, lawyers, directors, climate activists, angry Asians, athletes, chefs, writers. Folks who are black, brown, gay, straight, and everything in between. Past guests have included comedian Margaret Cho, Southern Poverty Law Center journalist Geraldine Mariba, comics creator Jean Lun Yang, and many, many more. We've even talked about Ramadan, Black History Month, Kamala Khan, and Robin being queer. It's like we're trying to solve racism with the podcast. Challenge accepted. So check out Modern Minorities at modmypod.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Remember, we're all modern minorities, but we're no one's model minority. Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. And we're the hosts of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Each month, we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a variety of genres, including contemporary and historical fiction, sci-fi and fantasy, romance and cozy mysteries, and so much more. Our past book club picks have included Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Patron Saints of Nothing by Randy Ribeye, Grace of Kings by Ken Liu, and The Kiss Potion by Helen Huang. Every month, we also go through the latest news in Asian American literature, as well as chat with some awesome Asian authors about their works. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com, and you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. And welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club on this week. We're discussing the new film by Elizabeth Banks, um, Cocaine Bear, based on the true story 
of a black bear that consumed a ton of cocaine back in the 80s, starring a star-studded cast, um, including Carrie Russell, O'Shea Jackson, Ray Liotta in his final performance. Cannot um, believe this is Ray Liotta's <laughs> final performance. Um, who else was in this? Uh, Alden Elreich, for, you know, from coming out of the ashes of Han Solo, the movie. Oh, that was Han Solo. That was all. That was Han Solo, oh, wow. young Han Solo. Yeah, <laughs> looking looking real toe up in a great way. Um, um, Margot Martindale also yes. um, a cameo by Mark uh, by Matthew Reese, thus completing the um, Americans trifecta in, yeah. in this in this film. Um, yeah, a ton. Did you, of... did you say Tormund? <laughs> oh, Tormund. Yeah, yes. uh, Christopher, Christopher. Hugh. Yeah. <laughs> was he the? The man he's in the, the camper intro? in the beginning, <laughs> yeah, the orange bearded guy. He's Tormund Giantsbane. Oh wow! Yeah, he I just he looks just like a human though, so maybe you mistook <laughs> him. Uh, yeah, and also starring a CGI bear that did cocaine. <laughs> huh. So where do we start? Um, I guess we can start with um, what do we all think of Cocaine Bear? <laughs> well, you know what can one expect from a movie? called Cocaine Bear. There was cocaine, and there was a bear, and there was a bear on cocaine. So on all fronts, that delivered. I do think the bear was the most entertaining part of this saga. Surprisingly, though, for a movie called Cocaine Bear, not that much Cocaine Bear in the runtime. Or I would have liked to see more. I I don't mean this in like a salty way. Like I mean this in a purely genuine way. It makes me so happy that this movie was only 90 minutes long. Like, yeah. I do not remember the last time a movie was 90 minutes long. Um, and yet, I feel like it didn't quite get to the heights that I thought a movie called Cocaine Bear could get to. Uh, so, yeah, I will agree with that. So, the deal is, I knew that there was a real story about Cocaine Bear. Um, and I think the the sort of perspective is that because it's called cocaine bear you know that it should lean into the ridiculous right so um when my boss told me about cocaine bear uh because she lives in kentucky i was like what and she's like also there's merch so i went to the kentucky whatever website and bought myself a pablo escobar t-shirt um, <laughs> oh that's great so i wore that to my free screening um which also they this is one of the few free screenings that they give me actual swag. So they gave me a cocaine bear t-shirt also. Um I got a Funko, which is in the mail apparently, and I got a a brownie that's dusted in white powder. <laughs> that's great. That's so that great. was Good that merch. was fun. And I think that's what it is, is you go for the experience and the camp and the co- kind of costuminess of this all of this so you definitely don't go in for like the documentary side of it because it's definitely not um the real story is way less interesting than what you saw on screen so i agree did it give me all the things i wanted out of it well i had my expectations pretty low i didn't even watch the trailer um and they still weren't quite met <laughs> so i think is i think part of it might be elizabeth banks like her direction was fairly um she's kind of new with at this right we know her as an actress and so i just felt like it was a little bit 
too straightforward at times. Like everything mm-hmm. is announced with like a, a song that perfectly encapsulates what we should be feeling. And, um, but we don't necessarily, I, I felt like there was a, not allowing people to be as weird as they could have been. You got some great actors here. Let them really, do... really stacked cast. Yeah. Yes. Cannot stress that enough for a movie called Cocaine Bear. Yeah. So that's mainly the thing. Did I have fun? Yes. I laughed. Yes. The actors are great because I like them. Um, so I like seeing those familiar faces. I did laugh at certain points. Um, and uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, I, I, it was fine. I, I will point out, though, that it's very important to see this in the theater if you feel safe to, because it's not that the big screen spectacle is important. It's the community audience feedback loop that's important. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely like a creature feature. And part of the fun is kind of just being in the community, watching this bear um, maul a bunch of people while high on cocaine yes. and you know it's not a film that really says anything like there's no like underlying environmental <laughs> or conservation message yeah. um, it's literally just a story about a bear who gets high on cocaine and I'm pretty sure if a bear did get high on cocaine it would not act the way that this cocaine bear does no I don't think it has any biological acts, basis yeah because no. this cocaine bear acts like like just a dude on cocaine, right? Which, like roided out. Yeah. I think it's just because it's a comedy horror, but it really misses, I think, the foundation of what makes those two work. So like, like I agree with you, Han, like, you know, horror and comedy are both things that the most effective ones say something about our larger society. Horror is actually one of the, you know, mm-hmm. movies that comment the most, like give the most social mm-hmm. commentary. And then another thing I think they miss about the horror aspect is that there's just not enough character to make us care about what's happening to these people. And that was my biggest thing. I think I feel like there was just so much going on. There was like six different storylines all converging on this cocaine bear. Half of them like don't really matter to the long yeah the the overall plot they don't interact enough like i would say 80 to 90 percent of them aren't very fun to root for um so then i I think it kind of swivels between like you know it's it's fun to watch people we don't like or you know bad people get their comeuppance but then at the same time why do we care if these people are getting like mauled I mean, by a bear. I mean, I feel like for the type of film that this is, that stuff may be a little irrelevant because at, at the very least, it seems like the the actors are having a fun time portraying these caricatures, right? Like Mar- Margot Martindale's Park Ranger, I thought was a lot of fun to watch because um, she was doing a bit, right? She's doing like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but then I think then like because there's just so many different storylines, like everyone is in a different movie. I, and I mean that tonally, right? Like Carrie yeah. Russell and the two kids, they're very like down to earth. They're very grounded. Um, and then you have like the drug yeah. cohort. Well, I mean, in you Missouri. have to connect the cocaine. Yeah. With the, you had to find a way to, um, you had to find a way to make the cocaine plot relevant, right? Yeah. Besides the fact that, but, oh. but then, but then we, we already, we have a cocaine bear. Like that's the bad guy. Do we have to add in like, 
you know, vandalizing like violent teen thugs? Do we have to add in like a cop who's like oddly obsessed with his dog? Like, do we have yeah. to add in like there's just so many threads? And I'm like, oh, I I would rather I would rather wish you know we just either spent at least get everyone on the same plane in terms of tone. Like, let's make everyone as campy as um you know the the park ranger or let's make everyone as grounded as carrie russell's but because like it's just all over the place i was like what is what the fuck is happening that's true it would have been much more effective if they all ended up in the same cabin together and one by one got picked off by the yeah yeah Yeah. right these or just a group of friends going out camping like like that is the classic horror movie setup it's classic for a reason like i never get tired of that right (laughs) yeah um And that's kind of the story that the kids play, right? And I think the only narrative stakes I felt in this film is, man, I wish these kids don't get eaten, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I have to say, I did think the best people were, best characters were the bear. Um, yes. I'm very pro bear. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I know that the bear is sort of villainized, but at the same time, I, you know, I see the bear as a victim. Oh, I was rooting for the bear. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what you're supposed to do in this type of film is kind of root for the bear, especially if you're like, oh, I don't know who that actor is. They need to get eaten. Um, uh, or will Jesse Ty- Tyler Ferguson, who we know from <laughs> Modern Family, get eaten? So there's a little bit of that tension, but um, I think Margot Martindale, I totally agree. She totally went for it. Um, I did like the kid. So there's two kids. One is Brooklyn Prince, who you might know from the Florida Project, but she kind of played it straight. But her friend, Henry, he's like the star of Sweet Tooth, if you watch that on Netflix. And he gets some wild lines and he kind of sells it, I think. So I enjoyed this curly headed little kid. Um, But again, I think it could have been pushed a little bit more. I agree with the whole dog storyline. At least they didn't have the well, I don't want to bear spoil anything. Eat, yeah. Bear eat the dog. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, there were things where I was just like, where's this going? And it doesn't go anywhere. So um yeah. yeah. Some loose ends. Um and again, if you are kind of introducing like this wide love actually esque like cast characters with like their different agendas, I do kind of expect that it all does come together for a reason. Um but you know, I think that doesn't happen. I will say though, I the violence part the violent parts actually were really well directed there's a specific sequence in the middle that i thought was very effective oh the ambulance chase um, cabin through the ambulance chase yes. which i had a very good time in <laughs> that was um, good that was really good that was very exciting but i feel like you know when you have we needed more of that and less of like we're hiding from the bear you know you know what i mean like there's two kinds of tensions there's like oh no there's a bear creeping which we get a lot of that and then there's like active like we're seeing what the cocaine bear can do and i kind of wish there's a little bit more of that especially as the movie went along um you know and, and the climax i wish there was a little bit more and maybe there was like a budget concern like i'm sure animating a bear barreling down is like much more expensive than like you know having the bear play peekaboo but <laughs> but I, I i wanted more cocaine bear every time he wasn't on the screen or like we passed past too much time without seeing cocaine bear i'm like i didn't watch i didn't come here to watch humans interacting with the cocaine bear i came to see the movie cocaine bear that's true the film does spend a lot of time with the characters not being aware of cocaine bear 
um, when the best parts of a creature feature is the tension of like you're being hunted by the creature and like you need to come up with a, a plan to deal with the thing yes right and then you know i mean i get the cocaine bear was also different depending on how much cocaine he was on but there was also some parts where i was like this seems inconsistent for a bear on cocaine <laughs> yeah well okay so just so you know <laughs> the true story is i know just sad. no for the viewer viewers okay. the listeners is that the bear that actually got the cocaine um died so a cocaine and died yeah yeah yeah. so it did not attack anyone and so this movie is obviously just like complete fabrication which is why i think it's fair to say that like the story didn't know what to do um because they except for the very initial sort of premise nothing is what happened and so um it, it like even the idea of a bear on cocaine that lived i don't think they even took it far enough um, it, it was funny because I felt like I got more kicks out of like the headlines for reviews for this movie <laughs> than I did from the film. Um, but it, it yeah. yeah, and I think anyway. just tonally the movie started off so yeah, like off kilter. I think tonally it started off great, like between the quote pulled from Wikipedia, and then we see Matthew Reese, um. Ian Reese, what is it? What's his Matthew Reese, yeah. Matthew Reese, Mr. Mm-hmm. Carrie Russell, by the way. Mm-hmm. Just like Wait, having are they the time actually of married in real life? They're married in real life, yes. yes. Did this happen before or after? Not the just on the Americans. <laughs> no, no. They're they met filming the Americans, entered a relationship and are now married and have like two kids together, FYI. Wow. So, you know, like again, very celebrated actor Matthew Reese, <laughs> like playing a cocaine dealer going down and like knocking his head off like you know like dying in the most ridiculous kind of pathetic way and then the 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 whole you know like quoting from a wikipedia like it's very funny and then i don't think the movie delivers on that promise of those first two scenes so in terms of the comedy aspect yeah so i was kind of like oh i wish i wish they just would have gone campier yeah i mean (laughs) i guess we have to discuss this um film being Ray Liotta's final film before his his um his He passing. was actually fantastic in this. <laughs> yeah. But also it seemed like a different movie. It, he 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 was in a very grounded drug drama. <laughs> it it's I it's like I was talking to my other Gen X friend who we were like, "Oh, this is like Raul Julia, his final posthumous role was in Street Fighter." And so it kind of in some ways doesn't like indicate like the the impact of his whole career and it ends on that kind of note so i was kind of upset and yet part of me enjoyed the fact that this was his final role i mean much like raul julius m bison yes a celebrated actor in a ridiculous movie giving 110 percent sincerity to their craft yeah and and at least it wasn't a kind of like ho-hum you know, sort of role. So I I think that works. I don't think it makes you forget that they've done amazing things or amazing roles. It's not erased. It's kind of like when people say, uh, oh, you shouldn't remake something because it'll, it'll erase the legacy. No, it doesn't because people don't forget. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're not going to suddenly forget that he was in, you know, Goodfellas or whatever. But it did kind of make me sad when I saw him. I was like, oh, right, he's in this film. Yeah, he's he's obviously older 
he's he's not at you know his prime and um but he gives it his all um he he has long hair also which has surprised me <laughs> so i guess you can talk about that but yeah, yeah it's it's such an interesting cast that she cobbled together except for the uh, americans trio which i was like okay of course you got the all the americans you could but yeah everyone else i'm just like how what is it just because you knew them like <laughs> Yeah, you have like a Wire alumni. You have, you know, it's just bizarre. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Um, you know, failed. Like, I feel like Alden Ulrich was like put in like Hollywood like purgatory for a while because like Han Solo was hot, such like a narr- like narratively the making of Han Solo was such perceived as such a hot mess. It was a fine movie. It wasn't that bad. I don't know why people were so. I mean, if it was hot mess, it wasn't because of him. Yeah, no, you're right, right. No, he was fine. So uh, I will say, yeah. in order to enjoy this, if you want to, um, definitely see it with the right audience. Um, probably the later the better, you know. Um, and uh, under the influence of legal, you know, drugs and um, take a uh, rideshare. <laughs> but um, I feel like being having being under the influence it will help. Um, and, I did have yeah. the specialty AMC drink. Yeah, um, what was in that? Bear. It was like Bacardi rum, coconut liqueur, and Coke. Yeah, of course, I would not it's have. It's a cocaine I, bear. It's a cocaine yeah. bear drink. Um, I, I would not have liked that. So I'm glad I didn't get it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those where I'm like, I'm driving home tonight. Like, I, I can't even get one. We had a drink uh, at dinner before, and that was enough for me. So, um, Oh yeah, yeah. Han and I watched this together. We right before we went to um the Mexican restaurant at the Grove and it was like Margarita Day, apparently. Oh National my god, Margarita that sounds Day. great. So we got uh, two for one margaritas. The that sounds ta- so fun. The tacos were amazing. And <laughs> uh I like the margaritas. I will definitely go back because I think the first time I went, I just ordered the wrong thing. It was perfectly fine enchiladas, but the tacos were the way to go. Yeah. Okay, now I have to ask the really hard question. <laughs> I told you guys to prepare for this. Yes. We didn't talk about this before, but I did ask so that we could come to this table with a frank discussion. If the three of us were in a forest and there was a cocaine bear chasing after us, which one of us is the slowest slash which one dies first or is going to die and hopefully distract them long enough for the other two to get away? <laughs> I don't, I'm going to say it right now, I don't think Han's dying. I, I, yeah, I, I think she's the most agile. I think she's the strongest mentally. She's an athlete. Don't think it's Han. So Marvin, <laughs> I love. I don't even need to defend myself. No, Marvin. No, Han. We let's be real. It's not you. I mean, my so legs Marvin, are longer. Yeah, your legs are longer, <laughs> but I think I'm more agile. Well, who's meaner? <laughs> oh, I'm definitely. I would say meaner. Jess. You might have the. Uh, advantage there so it depends on like who trips who. i think i think i also i mean i'm asthmatic but i still have like youth on my side i think mm. like I, I i might have a little more stamina i've hiked oh, i mean i used to I've be hiked. a distance runner but that was like Ooh. decades ago i walk with the dog several times a day <laughs> i've gone hiking i have hiked machu picchu granted it was like four years ago but i have done it five. Oh, but marvin does have a very long wingspan leg span yeah he's six feet to my five five that's like more than half <laughs> like what's i don't what's know the span there i feel like it could be either of us 
we'd have to figure out another way to fight the cocaine bear. Maybe by throwing more cocaine at it. They're what littered was, all are you the forest. assuming we have a packet of cocaine? That changes the equation. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If it's a straight up chase, I guess we have to think, we, we have to discuss which of us smells more delicious to the bear. Ooh. That's, well, it depends on like what your latest meal was. Mm. Well, well, we'd be camping or something. So I'd assume uh, we'd all have eaten ha- the same, same thing. thing. Mm. So my question is like, would we do like a triforce spread out, like equidistant three, three directions or like start the same direction and fan out three ways i would just be like off i would not be even like (laughs) there's no there's no planning if a cocaine bear comes chasing after us well we're we're doing the emergency plan now right be prepared they uh they do say what was the uh the rhyme that they had so black bear you have to fight and then if it's brown brown lay down down. if it's black black, fight fight back. back Yeah, so this one we technically should be fighting, unless it is a cocaine bear, Yeah, which you, then you have, do run. But I've also like read like a deep dive into this at some point, and they're like, that's actually really bad, because like, it's the name of the species, but has nothing to do with the color of the coat. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> they're like, oh no, black bears can be brown, right. and brown bears can be black. So, so I need to learn more about bears then, is what you're saying. We need to, and then apparently, if you're if it's a polar bear, you're just dead. Like polar yes. bears will just fucking murder you. Well, also, if I, I'm seeing a polar bear, hopefully there are other things around me, because I'm not just out there alone with a polar bear. <laughs> You know, like you're gonna throw it a penguin. To like well, no, I'm gonna be, it. I'm gonna be like not on my own. This is, it's not like in a forest where you're just gonna walk off. But like, if I'm near a polar bear, that where, I, where are the nice bears? Like, where's the sun bear? Have you seen like a sun bear? It's like the size of a large dog. It's, oh yeah, it's quite. And, it's like I think that's Taiwanese or something. Or like the garbage. pandas, right? Pandas are pretty chill, right? Yeah, pandas are ch- pandas are dumb. Very they should not sweet. be surviving. And the, yes, and the non-bear, the koala bear, um, is pretty sweet. Mm, they got syphilis. <laughs> Don't touch them. <laughs> that's right. Um, part of this conversation was inspired by a tweet by the National Park Service that says, um, "Hold on, and let me quote." Um, uh, if you come across a bear, never push a slower friend down, even if you feel the friendship has run its course. And the next tweet is, if not friend, why friend shaped? <laughs> so uh, anyway, so this created this sort of like moral conundrum that like <laughs> like a trolley I mean, problem. <laughs> I would say we would just run and let fate the play bear its decide. course. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know who would die. It would but also depend of, on like the train, I think. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's like an ethical issue, right? It's just who <laughs> just like a, does the bear survival? feel like eating a Jess or a Marvin today, right? Well, I feel like Marvin would gives you more bang for your buck because he's bigger, <laughs> like significantly Do they like, taller. Like there's more meat, right? Like you catch me and it's just like 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 I, I'm sure Marvin like provides much like greater joy in eating than me. I'm probably pumped full of so many like preservatives. <laughs> like like do I I am not organic. Not organic at all. And then Marvin eats a lot of barbecue. I saw your Instagram <laughs> story this weekend, Marvin. You eat a lot of red meat. It's so maybe true. that like smell seeps through your pores. All right. Yeah, I had a salad. <laughs> <laughs>
but that means you provide more energy, right? Because you're it's one no. step removed from the calorie the, the no, energy red from meat the sun. Has so much more energy. <laughs> Get the corn out of your ears. Did you pay attention to bio? <laughs> All right. Yeah. So oh. we've come to the, the final conclusion. We'll let the bear decide. It is I the mean, bear's decision. Yeah. I mean, at the point where we meet a cocaine bear, it's out of our hands, really. <laughs> That's fair. Unless they're sabotage. And I fully expect Jess to trip me while we're running. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just clumsy. <laughs> I did turn to Raymond several times during the movie and I was like, if this is me, like in the beginning when the couple's getting like, you know, when the when the woman is like getting dragged and mauled, I'm like, honestly, if that was me, just cut your losses and go. Like, I'm good. It's fine. But then during the like ambulance, you know, I was like, no, 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 you better go get back. You better go back and help me <laughs> on that point. Like, no. <laughs> like, if anything, leave the patient and help me. <sighs> All right. Um, there's still a couple more things we want to talk about, Cocaine Bear. That's more spoilery in nature. So we'll hold that for our spoiler zone after the end of the episode. But um, as we wrap up our review discussion, we should ask, is Cocaine Bear good pop? You know, even though it wasn't perfect, I'm going to say yes, because overall, I did enjoy the experience. Um, I like crazy concept movies like Cocaine Bear, Face Off. I just think our hope the next one is a little more better executed. Sorry, Elizabeth Banks. But, you know, I'm not going to lie. If there was a Cocaine Bear 2, I would go watch it. <laughs> I think they would understand that they need to go go harder for the sequel so yeah i agree i would probably watch that too so yes i think this is good good enough pop how about that good enough yeah yes. i mean was it a perfect movie no was it a good time yes it definitely offers what it promised which is watch this cocaine bear do cocaine bear things do you think the next movie should be like meth bear <laughs> or like heroin bear? like 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 do we change the drug do we change the animal or do we keep it a bear on cocaine. More than one bear? bear. More than one bear. More. It wouldn't be like an opioid cocaine? bear because that bear would just be chill, right? Oh. So I feel be... like it needs to still be cocaine bear, but then they can make a colon and then um do some punny, you know, <laughs> subtitle. I want to see this is what cocaine bear 2 should be. The bear, so the bear loves cocaine, right? At this point. Where is there a tons of cocaine? The cartel. In the city. Oh, I yeah, say, well, I I thought they should pull like a Jurassic Park too, and like bring the bear into a city, more body count. Oh, I was thinking like, or what if like, uh, it's Cocaine Bear two snowed in, and so it's like Cabin in the Woods, and then there's you know there's also the pun with the snow. This is true. So, That's <laughs> good. That's good. These are all good ideas. <laughs> Take notes, Universal. And based on our discussion, the second Cocaine Bear should be a polar bear. Oh, oh, that'd be scary! Like the white on white, like yeah. hide. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, take notes, Universal. <laughs> on that note, that'll do it for a discussion of Cocaine Bear playing out in theaters everywhere. Um, yeah, Jess Han. If people want to find out more of your thoughts, where can they go? I'm still on Twitter at Jess Jew tweets, and I am at Anonymous. You can find me on Twitter at Marvin Yeo. You can find our show at Good Pop Club. We are a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Uh, check out our fellow Asian American hosted podcast by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. And if you're interested in listening to our spoiler thoughts, don't stick around until um, after the show. But until next time, thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Ryan, did you go to Saturday school as a kid? I sure did. Did you? Totally. Well, at our podcast, Saturday School, we don't teach a language, but we pass along the culture that we do know. And that's Asian American pop culture. Ada is a journalist, and I'm a professor and film festival programmer. We've watched a lot of great Asian American movies, and we want you to watch them too. Come listen to us as we look back at the pioneering films that have led us to today. All right, it's time for the Cocaine Bear Spoiler Zone. And, you know, a film like Cocaine Bear, obviously for us, the Spoiler Zone, we'll be talking about the um, who dies, right? And I know something that, um, Han, you really want to talk about is the fact that the final scene that Ray Liotta ever does is being dismembered by, was it the baby Disemboweled by Mama Bear and then eaten, the entrails eaten by her cubs. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just what a way to go, first of all, in a movie for someone of Ray Liotta's stature. But yes, to have that be the final colon uh, period <laughs> on, his, yeah. on his career. It just it's it's funny to me, but also sad. Um, I, I'm glad he did it. But also it's just such a weird thing, because also at the beginning of the film, was it? Or it's the end of the film. It's like in memory of Ray Liotta. So it's just kind of yeah. a weird, weird thing yeah. to to see there where you actually kill off the person who you're saying in memory of and in such a way. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. But I think they needed to do something because he is one of the biggest like deaths that they lead up to because there's, of course, a trail of deaths throughout the film. And so how people die and how ridiculous it is is what sets the stakes and so i guess that was all right um but honestly i feel like that could have happened earlier and then the desk could have been even more ridiculous later on so i think this part partly comes with the whole tonally i don't think it ramped it up enough yeah i mean ray Liotta was the closest thing to a villain in right, in this film right. so him being like the, the climactic death um does make sense um yeah, it's just more of the uh, the death wasn't maybe climactic enough for me, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the most exciting deaths were the ones that happened in the middle mm-hmm. of the film, namely uh, a modern family guy being dropped off the tree <laughs> and the paramedics. Right? Yeah. No, well, no, everything from the cabin and like her shooting the guy in the head to the whole <laughs> ambulance chase and... I I think um I mean ambulance guy and and park ranger rough ways to go right <laughs> rough rough ways to go give me be let me be the asian girl who just like flies through a window that's that's yeah. relatively chill um <laughs> I was were you rooting for I was rooting for I was like man I hope I hope the, I hope the paramedics make it out cuz they did nothing they're just doing their fucking job um you know ranger ranger liz is like you know she's kind of a d-bag Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who I did not realize was Jesse Tyler Ferguson, because <laughs> the wig was so, the wig was so bad. I was so distracted by the wig. Um, you know, like kind of had to come in. A lot of them had to come into them. Um, the teenage park teenagers, but one of them does escape. That's great. Happy for him with a bag of cocaine. Uh, live your best life in New York, please. It was kind of wild because so the the Asian paramedic played by Kang Kim. Um, was in one of the submissions oh. that I watched for the film mm-hmm. festival. So I was like, I 
I know this actress. I just oh. watched her in this indie film. Yeah, I don't think I knew her. And so I was like, it, for me, it was like bonus Asian. Like, I didn't expect this. Yeah, yeah. I was like, pretty diverse film for being set in the 80s in like Georgia. Yeah. Um, or was it uh, Tennessee, Tennessee, Georgia? Okay. <laughs> they yeah. start in Knoxville, and then but the, the, the park is in, in Chattanooga. Okay. In, yeah, the geography. Yeah, was I was like, of, how long does it take like, to hazard. drive from Missouri to <laughs> Georgia? I don't know. Those are states I do not understand the spatial reasoning. No, no clue. Uh, haven't been in Georgia, uh, or Kentucky, or Tennessee. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm clueless. Um, Did you notice? So I don't know if this is necessarily a spoiler, but so the guy who plays Tormund Giants Bane, Christopher Hebu, um. His character's name's Olaf Christopher, and his girlfriend's name is Elsa. And so for oh, me, oh god, <laughs> yes. So uh, yeah, so, so the frozen, so the that. frozen stuff. I I heard like the names, and I was just like laughing. Uh, they couldn't resist, basically. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's all I got there. Not really a spoiler. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> a little too on the nose. <laughs> I mean, this whole film is just on the nose. There's no subtlety at all. None. So so you said you were worried about the kids. Did you actually think that they actually might be in trouble? I, I thought they might have at least killed the boy. No, they were not going <laughs> to get rid of the kids. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm getting that this this is about um, this. This the theme of this movie is actually about parenthood. Uh, <laughs> surprisingly, because the, the, the bear is a parent. And she, Carrie Russell's a parent, and Ray Liotta's a parent, and Eldon Allreich is a parent, and and it's really about what you do as a parent for your children. And I was like, that was unexpected. Here I was thinking this is just about cocaine, um, and they're trying to say something. I don't know if they said anything about parenthood, but they feel like they were trying to ask a question at least. I yeah, I I, I love that reading of it because it's sort of barely about parenthood it's more of like it's kind of like if you said it's it's this movie's about bipedalism you know it's just like it just so <laughs> happened that they all have to ha- they had families um so i definitely don't see it i do think that part of the sort of wild west feel of this is like they show the kids also um trying drugs but they don't know that you snort it so they try to eat the cocaine <laughs> like so definitely not a family film but uh, and, and I'm also just like you know the dirty cop never gets her comeuppance right yeah. like she just gets away with it yeah there's no message there's no moral there's it's it, it in some ways I guess I'm happy about that I but mean, it also feels just unfinished <laughs> yeah I mean the ultimate moral is don't kick the baby bears yeah right because that's that's that was right so don't mess mistake. with any kids um don't don't kick the baby bears and don't be greedy for the cocaine right because that belongs to the bears right. Now. Um, apparently also, if you have cocaine, you put it in bags with rainbow handles. I mean, it was the eighties. Oh yeah. (laughs) Of course. That's what all the eighties was about. (laughs) I I will have to say when it comes to eighties, they, it was not subtle. Um, (laughs) which is in, in one way, I was just like, really Elizabeth Banks? Like, I don't know. I didn't expect subtlety, but at the same time, I was just like, I could maybe expect some more, I don't know, insight. Um, when, when Stranger Things is like out 80s in you, 
then the then I think there's problems. So it was basically like someone looked up the eighties and they decided to throw it all at the movie. Um, including the soundtrack. I mean, (laughs) that's what makes it 80s, right? Um, I was pleasantly surprised that O'Shea Jackson's character made it out. Because that guy had death flags all around. (laughs) Well, yeah, he got out, not his finger. So, you know, I guess that's all right. Um, But yeah, I I like him as an actor too. So I was a little bit worried um, about what they were going to do with him. Since they already killed one black guy, I was just like, hmm. (laughs) <laughs> didn't know how that was going to be but yeah he got out and also uh with a with his friendship intact um which is i guess good it, and then Alden Aaron Wright got the dog again very random use of dog and i was happy the dog did not get killed or eaten or die <laughs> because honestly that's what i thought the dog was there for because it, it made no sense for this dog to be there and it still didn't by the end so uh yeah when we we're talking about loose ends so this is not an indie film unanswered questions is not the name of the game in this movie <laughs> so that's yes. why it, it was it was unsatisfying in ways um yeah i mean yeah. also narrative consistency and narrative in general is not the name of the game this movie right it's just let's just have a bunch <laughs> of people be in this force at the same time that this bear is high on cocaine yeah that's about it that's yeah. all i think i have to say about that's, that's all, all we got. got um thanks for listening to the good pop culture club this has been the spoiler zone for cocaine bear and um yeah guess we'll see y'all next time bye everyone bye I hope in the sequel there's like a drug smuggler smuggler with like cocaine in his ass and the bear finds it and like grips it out of his ass. We can only hope. <laughs> cocaine bear. B-A-R-E. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye. You can cut that out. <laughs> or not. <laughs>